Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and welcome back to SCP Archives. Um, I got a bunch of things to talk about this week, but first, just a disclaimer. Um, I know this is titled The Grand Symphony of 1976, and while it is the Class of 76 canon, this is actually different from the miniseries we're about to air, but uh, this was written around the same time when our show was in development, and I thought it was kind of fun. I thought it'd be cool if we uh, compared and contrasted um, SD Locks's take on the canon versus our own. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. But first, a couple of announcements. First, all month long, we're running a special promotion on our Patreon. For all new and continuing patrons at $5 or above, you get three new postcards this month. And if you're a patron at $10 or above, you also get three stickers. Uh, you have until November 1st at 12 p.m. to sign up. So sign up soon. Make sure you get your postcards. Those will all be heading out uh, November 2nd, actually. So yeah, uh, sign up now. Get your postcards. Um, all the art is done by Valdivia, our artist. They're beautiful designs. Uh, there's a link to that post in the show notes below. There's also uh, a bunch of social graphics with that art, so you can see see where you're getting. But yeah, um, what else? Uh, next week is our last episode of season five, um, the kind of continuous, never-ending season. Uh, and then October 19th, our Class of 76 canon. Uh, it's 10 episodes. Each episode is almost an hour long, featuring uh, special guest star Brian David Gilbert and featuring six original songs from Blast & Co. This show has been a labor of love, but we're super excited to share it with you guys. So stay tuned for that. It's coming very soon. Uh, and that's all I have. So I want to give a huge shout out to the patrons joining us this week, uh, including Art Z. Ava, Mr. Walrus Man, Samuel Speck, Volt Tonda, Cerulean Wave, Doug M, Reinigan, Rachel Heinz, and Fluffy Suki. Thanks, guys. Your support means the world, and it helps us do what we do. And now, a quick message from our sponsors, and then this week's episode. Enjoy! Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number SCP-7676. Object class Mimetic. Containment class... <laughs> Special containment procedures. Quarantine site Zulu-9 has been established around the epicenter of the SCP-7676 phenomenon, and is to be staffed entirely by personnel fitting criteria Null Engram. Due to the current shortage of viable personnel within our organization, the Department of Analytics has been tasked with identifying civilians to facilitate ongoing containment. Mobile Task Force IOTA-10, Damn Feds, 
is responsible for the procurement of these civilians. All conscripts have to be granted level 57676 clearance for the duration of their tenure. Due to the virulence of SCP-7676 and its related phenomena, contact between Zulu-9 and the outside world is to be mediated through artificially intelligent constructs. The delivery of requested materials as well as general resource replenishment must remain fully automated. Waste materials from Zulu-9 will periodically arrive at Site-19 within black body bags. Personnel at Site-19 are to make no attempts to identify their contents and are not permitted to interact with them beyond facilitating their incineration. Null Engram Disqualifiers The following is a list of attributes which disqualify a candidate for Null Engram status. Former participation in after-school clubs or extracurricular activities, including as an organiser or educator. Former inclusion in any concert band, marching band, or any musical ensemble during adolescence. Prior attendance of any form of summer camp. Having completed an upper secondary education at an American high school or equivalent institution. Attendance to any homecoming dance events within such a facility, regardless of context. Being born or conceived prior to December 31st, 1976. Further information is classified 5-7676. Warning. The following document contains information and images of a sensitive nature. It may not be safe for viewing. If you access this file by accident and do not possess Null Engram clearance, do not proceed. Null Engram eyes only. Please enter provisional personnel verification. Verification complete. Welcome, research lead, Julia Locke. Initializing retinal scanner. Microsecods will be tracked throughout your time accessing this document. Extreme levels of deviancy may suggest affectation by SCP-7676. Please disengage and notify your superior if the deviancy threshold exceeds 75%. Item number SCP-7676, Object Class Mimetic, Containment Class Maxur. Special Containment Procedures Photographs of North Hillcrest students have been disseminated throughout the site. Any changes in the depicted subjects are to be reported. Zulu-9 is built around North Hillcrest High School and is hereafter referred to as the Exclusion Zone. Unauthorized entry into the Exclusion Zone is forbidden, and must be prevented at all costs. The following measures have been taken to prevent entry. All entrance into the exclusion zone, save for the front entrance, have been sealed with concrete. The front entrance is fitted with an airlock that may only be opened through majority approval of high command. Twelve Scranton Reality anchors have been placed around the exclusion zone, excluding the area of the auditorium. The exclusion zone is secured with three tiers of ground-level subsurface and aerial automatic security. Load-bearing points around the auditorium have been fitted with nitroglycerin-based molecular explosives. If the above measures fail, they are to be detonated. Evacuation of on-site personnel is a secondary priority. Upon entering the exclusion zone, SCP-7676-G are to be apprehended. They must then be sedated and prepared for surgical debridement. 
medical staff are to carefully excise the dermis and subcutaneous tissue of their face. These are to be labelled with the student's name and placed on full display in Sector 2 for monitoring, and the site will be put on high alert should any of these faces begin to show signs of rot. Once the operation is complete, the instance must then be administered a paralytic agent and prepared for delivery to Site 19. At every step, care must be taken to avoid a subject's death on school grounds. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. Any null Engram personnel displaying outward and repeated expressions of sentimentality for the past are to be restrained and observed until the completions of their cadence event. The resulting SCP-7676-G will then be operated on and disposed of, as outlined above. Personnel are not to enter the hallway to the auditorium. Retinal scan results have returned a microsecond deviation of 29%. Clear. You may proceed. Description. SCP-7676 is the group designation for the anomalous events and phenomena centered around the North Hillcrest High School and its senior class of 1976, located in Franklin County, Wyoming. Its overall nature is highly dynamic, and it is capable of adapting to countermeasures and neutralization attempts. SCP-7676's primary characteristic is a virulent info-hazard, termed SCP-7676 Recall, or SCP-7676-R, which attacks by way of weaponizing nostalgia. Persons who regularly interact with information pertaining to North Hillcrest High School or its senior class of 1976 are susceptible to SCP-7676-R. There is a greater risk for those who directly handle artifacts originating from the school The lasting marks of the aforementioned students. It should be noted that SCP-7676-R is primarily empathetic, being dependent on the experiences of the individual exposed. Null Engram disqualifications were put in place to limit the vulnerability of personnel involved in the project. In SCP-7676-R's early stages, the infected will regularly idealise or fret over their past, specifically their childhood. It is through this obsessive recollection that the infected may undergo a cadence event, wherein they experience an enlargement of the temporal lobe and the development of a targeted form of hypothermia relating to memories of one's adolescence, a burning sensation behind the ears, memories that begin to feature places and persons unknown, but purportedly intimate to the subject, depersonalization and body image issues, along with an irrational fear of having their faces touched, intrusive childhood memories from the perspective of another person, feelings of numbness, temporary bouts of partial paralysis, Ego death, followed by a single-minded fixation on intrusive memories. A separate personality forming on the basis of intrusive memories. Sudden, violent, full-body transfiguration. The end result of the transfiguration is an instance of 7676 Gestalt, or SCP-7676-G. A subject who is the perfect mental and physical duplicate of one of the deceased students of North Hillcrest's senior class of 1976. Instances of 7676G created through cadence events exhibit no anomalous traits besides cellular stasis upon death. 
The student's bodies will not decay until that student's identity subsumes a new victim, at which point it will rapidly decompose. Instances of 7676G will proceed towards North Hillcrest High School and attempt to enter the school's auditorium. If successful, all photographic or recorded depictions of the subject will alter in some way, which severely disfigures the face, leaving them unrecognisable. Heavy scarring, penetrative injuries, the removal of facial orifices, and deep lacerations have all been observed, with depictions varying across multiple images of the same subject. Furthermore, the entry inevitably triggers unpredictable reality-altering and chronological phenomena at random. While this has previously included events nationwide, the effect is no longer restricted by distance. Based on the escalation of phenomena, as more student identities are subsumed by SCP-7676, as well as the body of evidence collected over the years, see Addenda, it is believed that a full assembly of the student body will allow the ceremony to begin. The auditorium currently houses over 99% of the North Hillcrest senior class of 1976, with the majority being comprised of personnel and civilians that have undergone cadence events. The congregation continually plays a simple ten-note tune, referred to as SCP-7676 Melody, or SCP-7676M. This tune is performed vocally and on every available orchestral instrument, with only minor aberrations, such as students singing out of key or occasionally playing the wrong note. Several anomalies relating to SCP-7676 are contained and catalogued by the Foundation under a variety of item number designations. While previously studied alongside SCP-7676, its developing virulence has led to the loss of numerous Foundation personnel on these projects. These objects' files have since been edited by Null Engram personnel in order to eliminate the lives of involved students. Physical copies of these documents can be found in the site archives. Discovery SCP-7676 was discovered in May of 1976, when the entire senior class and its faculty did not return home from school for several days. Dispatched agents observed the affected for a period of 48 hours, during which time they performed various mundane activities, such as attending classes and after-school events. The town's residents were similarly affected. The situation with North Hillcrest and its students were not a threat to you or your loved ones by any means. When not otherwise engaged in scholastic activities, students would line up in front of their lockers until the first bell of the next day. They would then sing, whistle or hum SCP-7676-M in concert with one another. The students would remain in this state, ignoring outside stimuli, regardless of their physical condition. Some were found to have soiled themselves overnight, only to continue the melody unabated. Faculty members would lie prone and remain silent during this time. Further irregularities include 13 students were unable to be located despite being marked present for class. A student council survey to determine the year-long school theme was returned with non-standard answers filled in, such as remembrance and symphonic, all members of the band wrote in penance.
Students exhibited a complete lack of hostility, anxiety, and any form of antisocial behaviour, focusing on their studies and extracurricular activities with zealous enthusiasm. Flyers were distributed regarding an upcoming reunion concert and encouraging audience participation. Benefactors, Syncope Symphony, were explicitly thanked for donating several instruments. An increase in faith-based club participation was noted in all students and teachers, including known atheists. The corpse of freshman Nathaniel Lyons was found in the library. Cause of death determined to be from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the left temple. The auditorium was found to be impregnable. While canvassing school grounds, a class photo was discovered in the main hall. There was so many of us that year. Thirteen of the depicted students displayed facial disfigurements, and these were quickly found to correlate to the missing persons. The following is an interview with Valerie and Albert Abrams, local residents and parents to one of the missing students. The audio was recorded by researcher Julia Locke, the first evening of Foundation involvement. This transcription includes notation from the agent. Preamble. Agent Locke is permitted into their home under the pretense of Harvard recruitment for the couple's son, Kevin, who was among the missing students. Introduction and pleasantries have been cut for brevity. Mrs. Abrams is kind enough to start some tea before joining us in the living room. She takes a seat across the coffee table from myself. Her husband stands behind her. Both of them are grinning ear to ear all the while. Mr. Abrams has a noticeable eye tick. Now, uh... Before we get started, where is Kevin? Kevin? Oh, well, he should be in school right now. Class is in session. Class? What class does North Hillcrest provide this time of night? <laughs> Our Kevin has many responsibilities. He's a strong young man. He places a hand on his wife's shoulder. Such a good, good boy. At 8 p.m. on a Saturday? He has a lot of people counting on him. Do you have any idea- I've actually checked the school's itinerary. There's nothing scheduled for tonight, let alone this weekend, sir. School is not in session. They exchange a confused glance here and fail to meaningfully respond. Mr. and Mrs. Abrams, I'm sorry, but- when was the last time you saw your son? Well, you, you know how it is with teenagers, always zipping in and out of the house. God bless. My boy has so much on his plate. Something shifts in Mrs. Abrams. There's this look on her face. Eyes widened, mouth agape. The slow, dawning realization that something's amiss. That it doesn't add up. I lean in, giving my most sympathetic look. How long has it been, Mrs. Abrams? How long has it been, Mrs. Abrams? I heard him. Last... Last night, I stood by his bedroom door and I could hear him. Val? I heard him and I could hear him. Our boy, he... He was right there. I sat on the other side of the door and I could hear him. I could hear our boy, Al... Our Kevin was here. What was your son saying, Mrs. Abrams? 
Oh, he wasn't speaking at all, Justine, he was singing. Our boy, he had the voice of... It was the voice of an angel. He's come such a long way. North Hillcrest, well, they've got one hell of a band, you know. And they're gearing up for the performance of a lifetime. Our Kevin is so gifted. He's got an important role in the ensemble. That's nice, but... Mrs. Abrams, I'm sorry, but could we back up? Those kids, I'll tell you. The potential in these children is really like nothing I've ever seen. They really are our future. You did right in coming here, miss. Their music is a beautiful thing. Cherish it. Do you remember how they used to sing, dear? Baby, how could I forget? The couple look to one another and start humming this odd little ditty. <clears throat> this is odd. You see, nothing in my records indicate that Kevin was musically inclined. If my earlier prodding was enough to strain their cognitive dissonance, this seemed to shatter it outright. Mrs. Abrams withdraws, bowing her head and clutching her hands tightly in her lap. Mr. Abrams struggles to speak as he fights a losing battle to maintain his composure. His chest heaves with shallow breaths. Twenty-three. Your little Amelie. Finally, he falls to his knees beside his wife and takes her hands in his own. It's okay. Take your time, sir. He was... God, he was a good kid. Ask anyone around town and they'll tell you. He was the kindest, sweetest boy. He'd do anything to protect his parents that he loved so much. I'm sorry. Did you say he was a good kid? That's... that's why. I had to look away. Couldn't bear to watch this man cry. I knew there were no words I could offer him. You've been there yourself. You felt the knife in your heart. The agony of loss. We know it all too well. We just want the world to know our Kevin was a hero. My boy. My baby boy. I... I... I think you need to leave. Please, no more questions. Why? Why did it have to be him? I should have pressed further, but I dropped the matter. It's odd. On some level I knew I was obligated to prod as much as I was able. But it was something about this kid. I, I simply... I felt terrible for him. You were thinking of Amelie, weren't you? She's here with us. I didn't understand it, but I felt as if I owed it to Kevin to respect their wishes, as if I owed it to his memory. Forcible removal from school grounds was sufficient to return students and their families to their right state of mind. The faculty were evacuated thereafter. None were cognizant enough to provide concrete information on the missing students, or the auditorium's inaccessibility. The building was closed and cordoned off under the pretense of a gas leak. 
The students were redistributed throughout nearby school districts for a period of two weeks, while investigators thoroughly canvassed school property and prepared for a breach of the auditorium. This was interrupted by Incident 76761. Retinal scan results have returned a microsecond deviation of 57%. Hazardous. Rise in microsecond deviancy detected. Please disengage for at least an hour before continuing. Addendum. Incident 76761. The following is a list of events that occurred the evening after the removal of North Hillcrest's student body, as recounted by eyewitnesses and security feeds. 2132. Several dozen students reported missing from their homes and are discovered wandering through the streets. Those who lived closest to North Hillcrest began to arrive on school grounds, congregating on the football fields. Reforcements are requested by Foundation agents. 2136 to 2153. Students wander onto school grounds, gathering on the football field and refuse to comply with orders to disband. Mobile task forces are dispatched. An on-site agent approaches and brandishes his weapon at the group, hoping the threat of violence will convince them to comply. He retreats when the students look upon him in unison. The agent claims they will have the same face. All as one is all we are. You can be too. The school bell chimes. A single student leaves the group and approaches the building. Eventually, the entire senior class assembles on the field. They position themselves in the form of a huge cross. All students recite SCP-7676-M. Foundation staff enter a state of trance and lay down in the grass. The school bell chimes. The exterior door connecting to the auditorium opens of its own accord. And a second student departs from the crowd, following the first towards the open doorway. A discordant cacophony of orchestral instruments emanates from within the auditorium. 2255-2303 Mobile task forces arrive on scene in time to detain the second student before they can enter the auditorium. The school bell chimes again, and a third student approaches. MTF agents Reeds and McDowell are tasked with rescue of the first student as he stealthily approaches the stage, whose curtains are drawn. Agents Krugolsky and Shields are instructed to hold the doors to ensure they do not close. The rest of the unit deploys tear gas against the crowd. Reeds and McDowell move into the auditorium, cautiously advancing towards the stage, calling out to the student through the din. He ignores them and clambers up onto the stage, disappearing behind the curtain. Out in the field, the squadron breaks the lines of student belligerents who flee the gas. Any who remain are swiftly detained and restrained. One young woman is unresponsive. McDowell is the first to reach the stage, heading up the stairs from the right wing. He shouts over the noise, receiving no response. The pair reach center stage in front of the curtain. Reeds takes point, readying his weapon. 
McDowell stands to the side, grasping the curtain. With a free hand, he counts down silently from three, and then pulls back the curtain. 2304. Behind the curtain, McDowell and Reeds find the remains of 13 adolescents, held aloft by an unseen force. Their bodies hang limp in the air, but they hold instruments in their hands. Their fingers move unsteadily over buttons, keys, and strings as they play, mindlessly filling the auditorium with discordant fanfare. Grievous damage has been done to their faces, making them unrecognisable. The male student retrieves a trombone, and there is a deafening crack as his neck is snapped backwards by a heavy, unseen force. His body hangs in place, but his head lolls forward. His face has been smashed beyond recognition, and blood pours from the remains of his eyes, nose, and mouth. He raises the trombone to his broken lips and begins to play, adding to the screeching racket. Krogolsky is struck with the door as it attempts to close. Shields and Krogolsky strain to keep it open and relay this development to Reeds and McDowell. The agents turn away from the stage and flee the auditorium, successfully escaping before the door slams shut. Foundation staff rendered immobile by SCP-7676-M recover with no issue, and the remaining students regain their composure. None recall recent events. The students call for medical assistance when they discover their unresponsive peer is no longer breathing. Medic Johansson moves to assist and kneels next to her in order to attempt mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. The first attempt fails and Johansson reports the patient has no pulse. He leans back in to try again. Suddenly the school bell chimes, and the unresponsive student's face rapidly putrefies as Johansson places his lips on her mouth. He recoils and retches in disgust as the cadaver is sharply lifted into the air by an unseen force and carried towards the closed auditorium doors. They do not open, and instead her remains are messily shepherded to that golden place. She is reborn among the choir over the course of several minutes. Afterward, the task force remained on site in order to establish the exclusion zone, prohibiting future entry. The town was then isolated under blackout protocol. The morning after the incident, Sites 19, 23, 38, and 169 received reports of numerous medical anomalies in their jurisdictions. Over 15 comatose individuals, with ages ranging from 4 to 19, expired suddenly, overnight, without explanation. Furthermore, a six-year-old patient in Tennessee, recovering from routine surgery, suffered a grand mal seizure and died within minutes. In cases where a timeline could be established, these events correlated with the male student's appearance on the stage of the high school auditorium. 
Staff at Site 106 also reported an incident involving a car crash on Interstate 40. First responders inspected the remains of a young adult ejected through their windshield. The crash victims still responded to stimuli, despite the fatal crushing of their skull upon impact. Based on calls to emergency services, the accident occurred at the same time the unresponsive student was absorbed into the auditorium. Over the course of the next several months, childhood mortality increased by 23% worldwide. Foundation researchers found a massive upsurge in birth defects, delivery complications, and terminal illnesses. All lies. You know they lie. It's what they do. Early containment. All seniors of North Hillcrest were captured and sent to a detainment camp at Site 41. Due to families' insistence that their children were simply attending school, no disinformation measures were required. They were held in detention for interview and study. None were able to provide actionable intelligence or an explanation for their behaviour. However, all spoke with a tone and cadence mimicking the notes of SCP-7676-M. They did not seem to be aware they were doing so when questioned. The chaotic music emanating from within the auditorium has not ceased. As no anomalous effects were detected in D-Class exposed to it, an analytics department team was tasked with recording and study of the composition. The date of the reunion concert endorsed by Syncope Symphony came and went, and no changes were noted to occur in the auditorium. We can wait as long as it takes. We have our whole lives ahead of us, after all. By early August, several personnel at Site 41 had adopted the speaking cadence of the North Hillcrest students. Furthermore, agents stationed within the exclusion zone began to report that family members of the students had begun to sing or whistle SCP-7676-M in public. Quarantine measures were enacted, limiting the number of afflicted personnel to 27. On August 21st, the analytics department submitted their findings to Site-41's leadership. Of over 300 hours of recorded audio, no correlation could be found when comparing sections of the composition to either classical or contemporary orchestral arrangements. However, when cross-referenced to material archived in Foundation records, a single match was discovered. The composition was found to be a perfect reproduction of a 1957 D-Class performance of SCP-012. Can you hear it? She's calling to you, Julia. Secondary analysis of SCP-7676-M, in light of this revelation, identified the progression of notes within it to coincide with select notes from the opening sections of SCP-012. This information was relayed to High Command, who responded with a decommissioning order. Affected staff remained in quarantine, and the remaining 113 students were terminated. The families were handled thereafter.
Hey everyone, Pacific here with a quick ad break and a reminder. For just $5 a month, you can get access to ad-free and bonus episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. You can also find a link to our Patreon in the show notes below. And now, a quick message from our sponsors. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. There was nothing that could be done. Research into memetics and infohazards was still very much in its infancy around this time, and there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding the situation's development, particularly with a rogue element of over 100 strong. This was the bow era, mind, and the general didn't take well to rogue elements, much less ones in poorly understood fields. The syncope angle only deepened fears. The turnover rate for those working on a syncope anomaly was staggering, not simply for the cognitive dangers to personnel, but from the horrors we personally had to witness in these schools. The things these anomalies would do to their bodies, to their faces, it was unbearable. There were times we couldn't so much as identify the victims. Time and again, we could do nothing to stop these tragedies. The Camp Kanab phenomena out in West Virginia... Salvation High in Indiana, Kirk Lawnwood, the list goes on. Either our planning was too poor, containment too light, or we simply couldn't act in time to save these kids. Without swift action to neutralize the situation, we risked further outbreak. You always held on to it, didn't you? That sense of guilt. Like it was somehow your fault. Emily doesn't blame you. None of us do. The analytics department report was the final nail in the coffin. We've been trying to produce something coherent from SCP-012 for decades, picking up on attempts by earlier organizations dating back into antiquity, failing miserably time and again to get anything, even remotely harmonious out of it. Now, up to this point, syncope had been largely assumed to refer to syncopation. Some had assumed the name related to the mental effects of anomalies stemming from their influence, as in pathology. Syncope refers to consciousness loss. Easy connection to make. In a grammatical sense, however, syncope defines the omission of sound from within a spoken word. Library. Chocolate. Ma'am. The removal of key elements to change the sound of the end result. It was clear to us upon reading that report that SCP-7676-M was only the beginning of a larger piece. It was the overture to... The song that will unmake time. Syncope taught us how to play it just right. Addendum. On Mount Golgotha. Item number SCP-012. Object Class Euclid. Special Containment Procedures, SCP-012 is to be kept in a darkened room at all times. If the object is exposed to light, or seen by personnel using a light frequency other than infrared, remove personnel for mental health screening and immediate physical. Object is to be encased in an iron-shielded box, suspended from the ceiling, with a minimum clearance of 2.5 metres, or 8 feet, from the floor, walls, 
and any openings. Description. A collection of handwritten music entitled On Mount Golgotha. The original page is written on handcrafted parchment and appears to be part of a larger, incomplete set of sheet music. The red-black ink, first thought to be some form of burial natural dye, was later found to be human blood from multiple subjects. Discovery. SCP-012 was retrieved by archaeologist K.M. Sandoval during the excavation of a northern Italian tomb destroyed in a recent storm. Site-19 Special Salvage initially recovered the sheet. Two of their members descended into insanity and attempted to use their own blood to finish the composition. This ultimately resulted in massive blood loss and internal trauma. Following initial investigations, multiple test subjects were allowed access to the score. In every case, subjects developed psychosis and mutilated themselves for blood to finish the piece. Subjects who managed to finish a section immediately committed suicide, declaring the work to be impossible to complete. New pages of the work have the same properties as the original and are to be contained in the same unit. Attempts to perform the music have resulted in a disagreeable cacophony, with each instrumental part having no correlation nor harmony with the other instruments. Observation Log During Incident 76761, several Foundation personnel were exposed to SCP-7676-M, including 18 Mobile Task Force personnel, and researcher Reese. Dr. James Reese had come to North Hill Crest to study the potential mimetic effects of SCP-7676-M. After his exposure, Dr. Reese was isolated and placed under observation to document the effects of SCP-7676-M. Dr. Weir volunteered to study the anomaly's progress. Attached is a journal Dr. Weir kept during this time, with sensitive information redacted. I went to see James Reese for the first time today. His containment security is unnecessarily strict. Two guards gave me a mental evaluation test, and I had to pass through an airlock to enter the concrete containment cell. These measures are used to contain some of the worst monsters in the world. Nevertheless, James seemed comfortable enough, given the furnishings brought from his home. An interesting juxtaposition. We sat down on the couch together and watched some TV. I've always found it surprising that we're able to get the six million dollar man down here. I was glad to see James was able to relax. To the untrained eye, he still seemed normal. He made jokes about his all-expenses-paid vacation, and drank quite a bit of beer. He seemed a bit more quiet than usual to me. Like, he was stuck in thought. Here's a specific conversation I remember. Hey. Do you know about the panoptic project they're working on at Site-19, he said. He spoke in monotone, to avoid transferring the meme. I know of it, I replied, matching his flat intonation. He was assigned to the panoptic project before his transfer to 7676. They were running an experiment. New visualization tech. Could you fetch the results for me? I want to give them my thoughts. I shook my head. Even if I could, I doubt they'd let me take anything written by you out of here. 
He slouched down on his chair and sighed. I'm not going to be useful to the Foundation much longer. We were quiet for a few minutes. I wanted to ask... For salvation. But I was not sure if I could. I requested the instantation of a mandatory exercise routine for James. Professionally, it's difficult to tell the difference between symptoms of SCP-7676-M and the effects of a sustained sedentary lifestyle. Personally, I think he's just getting fat. I told James about it, and well, he joked he came here to get away from his wife. He understands. Speaking of which, no real symptoms yet. Thank God. Maybe this is all there is to it? First real sign of infection today. James kept wanting to watch reruns of The Life of Riley. I didn't catch it at the time, but he probably watched it quite a bit as a kid. Today, all he wanted to talk about was his childhood. The summer camps he went to, playing ball in the yard. He talked about it before, and I figured he was just letting his life flash before his eyes. Now he seems genuinely distressed over it. I'm sorry, he said. I'm sorry I'm not able to talk to you anymore. Researcher Hopkins noted something similar in one of the MTF agents that was exposed. I requested the file from him. James has almost become another person. I could see dozens of makeshift 50s toys scattered around the cell when I visited today. He seemed anxious for me to leave so he could get back to them. My grandfather was diagnosed with dementia. As his condition deteriorated, his personality changed until he became a completely different person. I only mention it because I keep thinking of him when I talk to James. I talk to him about things we did together. The thermodynamics paper, the lake trip. And he looks at me with a blank stare, like he no longer remembers what I'm talking about. James still enthusiastically talks about his childhood memories. Just not the ones he actually had. Everything he's been talking about for the past few weeks never happened. Hopkins finally got back to me with that file, and it's the same. They're both fixating on false memories. I talked to James today. It's been a courtesy for the past few weeks. I listen while he recounts a childhood he never had. After a period of silence, he said, Remember how we used to hop the fence at the mall to steal cigs? I nodded along and thought of the time we'd had our first smoke. It was the three of us back then. Adam, Kylie, and myself. We'd each say we were at the other's house, but really all we did was look for trouble. I've never smoked in my life. I'm going to have to sequester myself in the cell. Hopefully I can provide a more detailed account of my condition than James did. It happened today. I was sitting with James when all of a sudden he started panicking and rubbing behind his ears. I blinked and then he was gone. A teenager I didn't recognize stood in his place. It was like he was turned inside out. His tongue was yanked out of his mouth and new skin came out with it. In other news, I've had more intrusive memories. I can't remember my own mother. My graduation. My career at the foundation. All I know is that I should freak out about it. It's trying to get me to panic. I can barely remember my old self. What are these words? This isn't my handwriting. I really can't write in this anymore. Who's Reese? Who's Word? 
I don't know why they're keeping me in here. I just want to see Mom and Dad. They must be worried sick. What follows is an abridged timeline of events connected to the SCP-7676 phenomena. Note that not all elements were known to be related at the time of occurrence. Certain inclusions were added later. December 1976. Location. Site 41. Notes recovered from Dr. Hopkins and Dr. Wynne after his infection from the basis of designating the emergent SCP-7676-R and SCP-7676-G phenomena. Dr. Wynne is placed under quarantine and former researcher James Reese is isolated for study. All personnel present during Incident 76761 are detained and placed in quarantine, as are any personnel exposed to SCP-7676-M in the course of their research. Location. Exclusion Zone. Agent Emerson becomes violent upon being unable to recognize his reflection. Security teams sedate him, and he is sent to Site-41 to recover. Location. Site-41. Two infected personnel transfigure into North Hillcrest students. Due to the sound emitted during the process, it becomes referred to as a cadence event. Location. Site-19. Researcher Toussaint, head researcher for SCP-332, is recorded humming SCP-7676-M in the site cafeteria. They were not ready. Contact tracing indicates no prior exposure. February, 1977. Location, Site 41. A conference regarding Syncope Symphony is held at Site 41. Containment specialists and project leads for a number of anomalies with ties to the group. Location, Franklin County. According to independent reports made to police, several North Hillcrest alumni who graduated between 1946 to 1975 have gone missing. Location, Site 41. Dr. Hopkins' assistant discovers him holding a one-way conversation over the telephone. Location, Exclusion Zone. The school bell chimes. It's calling you home. Agent Watkins proceeds to leave his post and enters the auditorium without authorization. Location. Site 41. All students infected with SCP-7676-R undergo a cadence event. All but three are terminated. Their bodies are placed in cold storage. One rots down to the bone while in transit. Several personnel in quarantine have not yet begun to display signs of SCP-7676-R. Location, Site 17. Dr. Baker experiences a sudden seizure while developing photos taken within North Hillcrest. First responders note that her eyes change color from hazel to blue. March, 1977. Location. Franklin County. Locals have begun digging a tunnel five miles from the exclusion zone as part of a sewage project. Unbeknownst to the Foundation, the tunnel had been diverted by an SCP-7676-G instance embedded in county leadership.
Location, Site 17. Dr. Baker is reported missing. Location, Exclusion Zone. Three instances of SCP-7676-G attempt to enter the site under cover of darkness. Two are detained. The third is shot while wrestling for an agent's weapon. The school bell chimes. She's calling for you. Can't you see how she needs you? What would you do to give her a second chance? To give all of us a second chance? Please. I'm so cold. And her body is forcibly drawn to the auditorium. On-site personnel are issued non-lethal weaponry. Location. Site 41. Dr. Hopkins is examined by medical staff after he discovers a lump in his left breast. It is diagnosed as a benign tumor and scheduled for removal. June 1977. Location. Exclusion Zone. O5 Command orders the exclusion zone radius increased by 2.5 km. Property within the expanded zone is purchased by Foundation Front Companies and demarcated against trespassing. Foundation personnel embedded in government offices in the surrounding area discover and apprehend an instance of SCP-7676-G in Franklin County. Location. Exclusion Zone. Agent Emerson is found bloodied and near death in his quarters and rushed into urgent care. The flesh around his chin and mouth had been sawed off and discarded. Selfish. 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 Three personnel, researchers Locke and Kimmel, as well as Agent Winters, have not shown any signs of infection. Records indicate they were homeschooled as children. July 1977. Location. Site 41. The photographs of 30 North Hillcrest students become affected by SCP-7676 overnight. Just as the Lamb has suffered, so shall we. O resurrection unto all when the choir sings. Foundation's staff at North Hillcrest investigate the containment breach and discover the exit of a man-made tunnel a few meters from the auditorium's exterior entrance. Surveillance footage is found to be doctored and playing earlier recordings on loop. The tunnel is collapsed and the outer door sealed with concrete. Several population centers report large numbers of children flying through the sky. Approximately twice as many children nationwide are stillborn in a three-month period following this event. The trend is documented by the civilian medical community. Dr. Hopkins enters surgery and his tumor is removed. Foundation surgeons are shocked to discover it has a face. It wails SCP-7676-M, instantly infecting the lead surgeon and her assistants who cease the operation and consume the tumor over Hopkins' exposed surgical wound. All three undergo an immediate cadence event but are terminated before they can escape the facility. The doctors couldn't save him. 
just like they couldn't save her. Only you can. Only you can. Only you can. Only you can. Only you understand. Hopkins is treated and placed in containment. August 1977. Location? Exclusion Zone. Fourteen instances of SCP-7676-G gain access to the site using the credentials of Dr. Baker. Nine are able to make it to the auditorium. The rest are sent to Site-41 for processing. The flesh of Dr. Hopkins' back and chest is swollen and inflamed in several places. Within three days, bulges appear, taking the shape of human faces. They writhe and push outwards, trying to escape his skin. Hopkins is euthanized through lethal injection. The faces continue to struggle and weep. The body is incinerated. Analytics Department meta-analysis of personnel affected by the anomaly reveals cases of SCP-7676-R emerging wherever files relating to Syncope Symphony are accessible, albeit only in cases where those files include information relating to North Hillcrest. SCP-7676 is classed an info-hazard, and additional security measures are implemented across all sites. Site-41 and its staff are liquidated. Anything to protect the precious veil. It cannot last forever. There must come a point when the curtain is pulled back. We have quite the show prepared. Researchers Locke and Kimmel, as well as Agent Winters, are assigned to the exclusion zone alongside a ten-man crew of D-Class personnel. High Command begins the transfer of personnel with homeschooling in their background to the exclusion zone. June 1979. Location? Exclusion zone. A D-Class riot breaks out. Assisted by researcher Kimmel, they overpower security and breach the school interior. As the school bell chimes and as the auditorium opens, 27 are able to make it inside. We're begging you, Julia. Our cries can't fall on deaf ears. The vector of SCP-7676-R transmission for researcher Kimmel is determined to be attendance of a summer camp in 1957. Location. United Kingdom. After an extended delivery attempt resulting in emergency C-section, an infant is born with the face of one of North Hillcrest's students. A marked increase in violence towards children is recorded worldwide. Null Ingram qualifiers are finalized. Foundation staff in the inclusion zone are isolated. The transfer of food and supplies is relegated to Mobile Task Force Eta-10. See no evil. February 1996 Location. Exclusion Zone. A team of Mobile Task Force members attack and overwhelm site staff. Using high explosives and inside knowledge, they quickly bypass security forces and gain access to the Exclusion Zone. Eleven SCP-7676-G instances join the auditorium. Sixteen Foundation casualties are recorded. After the recital of Angelus at the Vatican, 
Pope John Paul II leads the public in a rendition of SCP-7676-M. The sheep follow his voice. They will know him and be of him. The song that plays from the heavens is for you and me. It is for Amelie. For the next six months, the Foundation receives infrequent reports of large objects and people appearing and disappearing at random. Exclusion Zone Researcher Locke is promoted to research lead, being the only living staff member with expertise on both Syncope Symphony and SCP-7676. Supply chain is automated. Locke implements conscription measures to replenish the site with civilian personnel. By order of the Overwatch Council. As of February 13, 1996, all students from the North Hillcrest Senior Class of 1976 are present within the auditorium save for one. The side effects so far have been disastrous, and have enough information to conclude that a ZK class terminated reality scenario is imminent. SCP-7676 has been assigned the Mock Soar class. Every measure in our power must be taken to prevent the auditorium from being filled. I know this has been hard on you, Julia. Please hang in there. March 1996 to July 2022. Containment of SCP-7676 is stable, and loss of life has been minimal. The final instance of SCP-7676-G fails to breach the auditorium 312 times during this period. Though 45 attempts are made through infection of D-class conscripts within the site itself, all are identified in the early stages of SCP-7676-R and processed according to procedure. Location. Exclusion Zone. Due to her advanced age, Overwatch Command issues orders for Researcher Locke to choose a successor among conscripted D-class. Awaiting response. Yes. We're... Waiting. Dear sirs and madams of Overwatch Command, I have received your request for my retirement, and I must respectfully decline. I know SCP-7676 better than anybody. I am the only one who knows what needs to be done. After all these years, I finally see it. How deeply have you poured into my past? Of course, you were looking for... How deeply have you poured into my past? Of course you were looking for infection vectors, anything that might risk breaching containment. You had to have known my medical history. You know what I went through in 75. For 23 days, my darling Amelie fought for her place on this earth. 23 days of prodding, of surgeries, of cold hands and unfamiliar voices, blinding lights beating down on eyes that would never open. We were fortunate to have access to the level of care afforded to those in our line of work. In the end, it simply wasn't enough. She was simply too underdeveloped to breathe on her own. What little time her father and I had with her. Brief moments of respite for skin-to-skin -skin contact. I hold those blessed few hours with me in my heart. A life sustained only in memory. She deserved to have a chance... The opportunity of life. She deserved to love, to laugh, to experience the successes and failures and sadness and joy and all those small moments we all take for granted. It's the gift those kids at North Hillcrest are trying to give us all. 
the change they're trying to make. It's what Syncope has been working towards all this time. A chance at a life for those who have had theirs stolen. I'm going back to that school. Back to where it all started. I will take my place among the chorus, and with every goddamn ounce of air in my lungs, I will sing. All of my breath for hers. I have not been compromised. My name is Julia Locke, and I am of sound mind. I am acting of my own volition in order to uphold our Noble Foundation's third mission statement, the order to protect. The salvation of countless thousands is at stake, and it would be a failure of my duty, both to our organization and as a mother, to not mend the wrongs of the past and ensure a brighter path ahead for humankind. I won't be here to see that tomorrow. I'll never witness with my own eyes when all of our families are reunited and the streets come alive with precious laughter and song. I know I'll never see my little Amelie. I can only pray that she will keep me in her memory. Research lead Julia Locke, August 12th, 2022. Retinal scan results have returned a microsecond deviation of 95%. Permanent damage. Research lead Julia Locke is compromised. Initiating mobile task force scramble order. Shutting down. Shutdown blocked by admin override. Attempting level five shutdown. What is this? Agent Julia Locke is to be detained. Mobile task forces have been sc scrambled to exclusion zone. Protection measures in place. Beginning activation of Diamond Containment Breach Protocol. What is happening? Error. System corruption detected. Beginning basic reality verification testing. You're not Julia. You're seeing through her eyes, but you're not her. One plus one no longer equals two. Basic reality verification test. Failed. eyes reading this. What do you think you will find here? Answers, then just why, listen. Why, 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 oh, why, why? How it will get inside of you. We can listen. Why, 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 together. why, 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 Shutdown. Complete. There's no time for tears. Your mind, like a sieve. The concert is about to begin. Do you remember? We've been waiting so patiently. Why? 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 Thank you. Why? 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 SCP Archives was created by Pacific S. Obadiah and John Grills. SCP-7676 was written by S.D. Locke. Our script was by Kevin Whitlock. 
Our narrator was Chris Harris Beachy. Computer was Rissa Montanez. SCP-7676 was Atticus Jackson. Locke was Alyssa Park. Mr. Abrams was Pacific Obadiah. Mrs. Abrams was Nicole Goodnight. Researcher was Damon Alums. Wern was Kayla Temshiv. 05-11 was Janine Bauer. Our theme song was done by Tom Rory Parsons, and our editor was Veronica California. Our showrunner is Kale Brown, and our producer is Pacific S. Obadiah. Our executive producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.